glad that you're here today. And <clears throat> you ever heard this statement? Well, it's up to you. It's up to you. You know, I, as we look at what's going on in our country today, it's very easy, and I know that no one's here probably very concerned about it, but uh, you know the reality is this, guys. You know, the Bible says if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, will hear from heaven, will heal your land. I mean, God has given us the prerequisite it's going to take in order for us to get for God to heal our land. And having said that, tonight at 5 o'clock, we're going to be having a communion service together and a prayer time for our country, that God will be with our country. I, I don't want to, you know, somebody says, well, preacher, what do you think will happen on Tuesday? Exactly what God wants to happen. Amen. Come on, guys. You know, you know, we have a tendency to get to a situation where we, you know, we're so fretting and stewing. And, you know, uh, the problem is we listen to too many of those uh, advertisements on TV. Have you noticed there's a couple on TV? They're everywhere. They're everywhere. But I think it's important to realize tonight, uh, we're going, tonight we're going to do something about it. You see what I'm saying? Tonight we're going to do what we can uh, to make a difference when it comes to what's going on uh, in our country. But you know what, what bothers me? Not so much about our country, about our lives, what's going on in my, in my life. And uh, we've been uh, dealing in the book of Revelation where this is the end. This is the last, last uh, message I'll be bringing out of chapter 3 and 4. And what's to me, what's really to me kind of, a, um, and I know it shouldn't be surprising to me, but the very thing that Jesus is talking about in this church is what I'm seeing happening today. And it's called complacency. We've come to a situation where we just, we're just not bothered anymore. We're not, as, as the Lord said, we're not cold, we're not hot, we're lukewarm. Uh, one of the things I've had to do when it comes to preparing a message like this I have to ask myself the question, am I lukewarm? That's not pleasant, is it? They have to take this personally. You may have walked in today and said, you know, do you want me to take this personally? Absolutely. I want you to take this very personally. There are some very difficult questions being asked. And, and uh, what's interesting here as we look here in Revelation, this is the seventh church that the Lord has dealt with. And each of the churches that we've looked at, there have been busy churches and tolerant churches, churches that had reached a dead end, weak churches. But when he comes to this church here in Lady Ocean, he calls them a complacent church. And what's interesting is, is he says, your complacency, because you're not hot, you're not cold, makes me sick. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to make God sick. And so I think it's very important that we listen up to this lesson. And it's just so, it works out so well uh, because of the day that we're living in. It's, it's just very, very good. Uh, it's, uh, I almost said, God really got this thing right. <laughs> but he did. But now, let's go back. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14, he talks about who he is. We, there he is. He said, under the angel of the church and Laodicea, write these things, saith the amen, the faithful, the true. Uh, the beginning of creation of God, he, he, he explains to them who he is. And then he, there's five things he talks about. And the first thing we see here in verses 15 and 16, he wants them to see the shocking truth about themselves. I would rather hear the shocking truth about you, not about me. You know, I would rather we talk about you today and not talk about me. But uh, it's like that old song, it's not, it, we, we, we are, we're in the need of prayer today. We need the Lord today. And here's what he says about them. Uh, this is the shocking truth. Now, you've got to realize who he was talking. He was talking to some people that thought they had it all together. You ever talk to people like that? 
they, they were people that they felt like they had no problems, they had no difficulties, they were working everything out, they had this thing, they, they knew what they were doing. And here's what he said to these people, what, a, what an interesting thing, verse 15, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold, which is indifferent about the things of God, nor hot, which is passionate. I would thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee or vomit thee out of my mouth. And so this was very graphic language. You can imagine these, these very self-serving individuals, these folks that thought they had it so together. He said, you don't have it together. The shocking truth is you are lukewarm. You're not hot and you're not cold, but you're lukewarm. Now... Verse 16, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. And so he said, hey, listen, you are messed up. I don't think folks like that story. Uh, when we come to church, we want to feel good about being here. We want to walk out of church and hey, it was so wonderful to be there, you know. But I found that we come to church because I need to meet with Jesus Christ. I need to have a meeting with God. And I found everyone that meets with God, they change. That's very consistent. Now he says, number one, Here's a shocking truth about you. You're lukewarm. Now, here's how they responded to it. Look at verse 17. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Is this, is this the same group? Uh, Jesus says you're not hot or cold, and you're saying, man, we've got it together. We don't need anything. We have got, we've got this. We can handle this. You know, I, as I've gotten more mature, i found that the things I think I can handle, handle me, you see. And maybe you've got there. So he, the second thing he wanted them to see, he, he wanted them to admit there they had a desperate need. And here's what he says. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. And so we see here he's pretty much laying it out. These folks that had walked in, they were sitting in their services, and they were feeling good about each other. They probably had went to the coffee bar, got some coffee, you know, some coffee cake. They were eating. They were having fellowship. They were smiling the Christian smile. Top teeth. Christian smile. And they were asking the question, how you doing? And, they were, and of course, we lie. I'm doing fine. You know, it's amazing how much lying goes on in church, you know. But uh, I'm going to speak on that one of these days. Quit that line, Jack. And so anyway, so we find here that they were sitting here and pretty, cons pretty consumed with themselves, pretty happy with themselves. And here's Jesus, who is the master teacher, saying, you guys are messed up. And so what he wanted to do, he wanted them to understand that, that he can meet their needs. And this is, this is verse 18, the third thing. He wanted them to understand, he wants us to understand that he can meet our deepest needs. Verse 18, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in fire, that thou mayest be rich with the white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that they may see. What you're finding right here is that all through the scripture, the Lord talks about meeting our needs. I'm so thankful that we serve a God that wants to meet our needs. We serve a God that really does care about us. It's not all about, it's all, a, he, he's concerned about what's going on in our life. In fact, in the scripture, uh, Matthew eleven twenty-eight, he says this, Come unto me, all you that are labored and heavy laden, I'll give you rest, one of our needs. John seven thirty-seven. in the last days, the great day of the feast, he stood and said this, If any man thirst, then come to me and drink, takes care of that need. John 6, 35, and John, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. 
He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth me shall never thirst. Now here's, guys, here's what he's doing. He's saying, I'll take care of something to drink, something to eat, and your rest. That's pretty much everything, isn't it? Isn't that your basic needs? What he wanted them to see, he said, if you will trust me to take care of your basic needs, then I want you to understand, you can trust me to take care of your deepest needs. If you can trust me with these things, and I, I find when, I, when it comes to serving the Lord that, that what he tries to do, he, he wants to bring us along. It's like in the area of teaching, the way that you teach effectively, you find out what people know, start there, and take them to where, what they don't know. That's called learning. And we see that Jesus is taking the time to explain to this, these particular people, I'm concerned about having something to drink, and I'm concerned about you being able to eat something, and I'm concerned about you resting. And if you know I can take care of those things, I can take care of your deepest needs. Now, if you look back in that scripture in verse 18, he says, I counsel thee to buy of me. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds a little strange to me. Why would he want to counsel us about anything? Isn't he the creator? Isn't he the one that is a sustainer? Uh, isn't he the one that controls everything? And yet we see him coming and said, you know, I want to, I want to take care of you. I, I want to advise you. I, I want to give you advice that probably you're not going to take. <laughs> you know that I'm a real fan of counseling. I love to counsel people because they always do what I tell them. Not. You know my new counseling method? You remember, don't you? Come to my office, put 200 bucks on my desk. You do what I tell you, I'll give it back. You don't, I'm keeping it. What do you think? I don't, I don't have a lot of people signing up for that. I don't know what the problem is. I don't, I don't want to be some, some garbage cancer folk to spew out what's going on in their life. They don't want to, if they don't want to get the help, well, then, you know, they need to do something else. But we, we find here that, you know, we, we know Jesus is saying, I want to counsel thee, you know, rather than saying, this is what you're going to do. Now, he's God, guys. He's God. He said, you will do that. And he's going to do it. He's God. But he doesn't do it that way. It's so, it's so amazing to me that he said, I want to counsel thee. I want to give you advice. I want to help you in the life that you're living. I want to give you some counsel that will help you make it in this life. And so, but, but, but you know, you, and, and of course he says this stuff here. He said, I counsel to buy of me gold. Now, I was ministry. Why would he use that term, buy of me gold? Because he knew that's what they were doing. They were trying to buy happiness. Does that sound familiar, guys? I mean, we, you know, more entertainment, more knowledge, more this, more that. If I had just more stuff, I'd be happier. And yet the Bible says that happiness does not consist in the abundance of the things you possess. And so he, he, understands, he understands how they are wired. Okay. He, understood, he, he understands this is something they would get a hold of. He understands how they're wired, but they're wired to the wrong place. That's what's wrong with our world today. We are wired, but we're wired at the wrong place. And what he's saying here to these guys, I am the source. If you will come to me, I can solve your problems. I can help you. I can strengthen you. I can take care of you. So what do you want us to buy? What do you want us to be involved with? And there we see in verse 18, three things, gold, 
gold refined in the fire, remnant, white remnant, clothing, I said to take care of the eyes. And each of those things have a significance. The gold speaks of faith. Faith tried in the fire. <clears throat> we all go through problems, and we either benefit by, profit by, or we're destroyed by. <laughs> That's pretty much what happens. He says when you're going through these difficulties, this gold, this life you have, you know, I want you to use that struggle for your faith to grow. I want your faith to go forward. He talks about this white clothes you're wearing. Speaking of purity, the only way you're going to be pure is by the grace of God. Not because you're so good, you're so perfect. You have such great willpower. How's your diet working? Oh, every head bowed now, right? Coming on down, aren't you now? <laughs> willpower. Willpower is, you know, fantasy. But, uh, but he says, we, we, I want you clothed in white and, and purity. He said, I want this salve for your eye. Speaking of wisdom, I want you to see things the way they really are. What he's saying, guys, is this. I want you to be rich with spiritual values. I want you to be clothed with spiritual virtue. I want you to see with spiritual vision. That's what he's saying. I want you to see it. I, I want these things in your life because, indeed, I love you. Now, look at verse 19. It's the fourth thing. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Now, Jesus wants us to respond as a, as a child that's loved. Now, the, the reason why I think he stopped right here and, and interjected that thought, because you know, let me tell you right now, when, when, people try, when people start pointing out your shortcomings, and we all have got them, and they start making it clear how your life really is messed up, you know, you have a tendency to back away from that kind of individual. And you have a tendency to say, man, I am messed up. My life is messed up. I don't have any real passion for God. And, you know, I, I'm just not what I should be. And so we have a tendency to, have a, to kind of back away when we see these things being declared. And, and what Jesus is saying is the reason you feel that way is because the Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart. And I want you to know I love you. It's a great thing to know that God, God loves you and knows everything about you. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Man, I tell you, if you knew everything about people, you wouldn't be sitting by them. Reckon am I right? I mean, if we knew, if we knew, you know, ignorance can be bliss, can be deadly, but it can also be bliss. But I want to tell you right now, Jesus knows everything about us, and he still loves us. Is that amazing or what? Can I have an amen? That's tremendous, guys. God loves us. God cares for us. You see, here's the deal. Why we have a tendency to back away from this type of teaching and this type of of, of exposure of how our life really is is because you see we think God's going to punish us there's a lot of people who believe God's going to punish us and so therefore I don't know about you when I if I knew I was going to get punished I'd, I'd try to avoid it <laughs> I'd just get out of there I, I'm not, not going to do it you know uh, it's just not going to happen and now punishment and I the, the difficulty of this one I make the this observation because you may have been raised in a home where you were punished. Punishment is something people do to you. That's what punishment is. They do it to you. God does not punish his children. But he does discipline them because they are his children. 
Charlotte and I have three children, Kimberly, Keith, and Carrie. Perfect children. Okay, I, I'm lying. But uh, we'll, all get, we'll all have to come for next week. I'm preaching online next week. We're all going to be down there. i got the crew to preach to. But, you know, here, here's the deal. You know, you probably may not. Charlotte's really a taskmaster when it comes to discipline. I mean, the kids would rather deal with me any time of the week. When Mama deals with them, Mama is mean. I mean she killed our dog. And I mean, she's, <laughs> no, she did take a, uh, anyway, that's another story. And, uh, but, uh, but the reality is this, is, but you know, uh, I, when that's happened, sometimes I'll see Brother DeShane's kid, Eric, the big one. And you know, I've seen him do mess up. I like to straighten him out. But you didn't even, didn't even work for you. But, uh, but the deal is this, guys, that's not my child. That's his child. And he has the responsibility to take care of his. You say, now, I, I may can give some advice, but, uh, but sometimes we don't even want that. And see, here's the deal. Those three kids we have are our children. We do what we can to help them to be, you know, what they need to be. And you say, well, have you ever messed up when it comes to raising your children? Absolutely. You know the greatest lesson I ever learned raising kids? When I mess, you say, and when I mess up to them, I'd go to them and say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry the way I behaved. I'm sorry because of that anger. It shouldn't have been that way. But you know what? I belong to Jesus. When I trusted Christ as my personal Savior, I became his child. Not his best child. <laughs> I'd like to be able to tell you, that ain't, that ain't happens. But, uh, but I am his child. You know, I trust him as my personal Savior. And here's the deal. I'm in the home. And being in the home, sometimes you'll mess up. And because you're in the home and you're loved, you're going to be disciplined. But let me tell you something. Discipline is something to do that they do for us. Discipline has direction. That's the difference. Punishment is something people do to you, but discipline is something, something they do for you. And when discipline is in our life, he's moving us in a particular direction. There's some things he, he's wanting to do in our life. Now, every time you have problems, it doesn't mean that he is disciplining you. Sometimes, and this is going to be really profound. You're going to really like this one. Sometimes you have problems because you have problems. Everybody has got problems. It's just the truth. The world, the world talks about it. It's part of every day in our life. And if you start seeing in every one of your problems that God is disciplining you or directing you, you gotta, you, you're going to say, oh, you're going to go to Taco Bell. <laughs> and you're going to order a taco. It's going to come out with no meat. And you're going to say to yourself, self, God. Discipline me. But think of the vegetarian <laughs> that gets your taco. <laughs> and he's going to think, God is distant to me. What I'm saying is that is crazy. That is crazy thinking. And so, <laughs> so you need to get a hold of that type of situation. I mean, how do I know when God is distant to me? 
It's not, and I think some people say, well, I know that God is just because I feel so very guilty about my life. And I feel so very guilty about what's going on. I want to tell you something right now. That is not of God. God, if God is disciplining you, he is directing you. He is moving you in a particular direction. Satan would have you to think that kind of mentality. And I get around people that call themselves Christians. And, not, and this is one of Satan's ploys. 1 John 1, 9 says this. Confess our sin faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What that says, when you sin, you ask God to forgive you of your sin, he said he would do it. You got it? You know what generally happens to people? They ask over and over and over and over. Don't you think that kind of ticks God off? Oh, of course it does. Don't you think that bothers God? Come on. Oh, God, please forgive me. Okay. Oh, God, please forgive me. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Didn't he do it? You see? And that's what God does. That, that's what goes on here. Satan is the, is the wants you to feel like a rotten Christian and a bad person, all that kind of stuff. Now, God's not that way. God wants to discipline you. He, he wants to talk to you. He wants to share these things with you. And I can tell you why you can, how you can see God is directing you, number one, to the Scripture. That's why I so challenge it. Read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible every day because he's going to direct you through this book. He does it to friends. You know, if the Word of God says it, your friends say it, your family say it, you might want to do it. You know, you might want to do it. God is directing you. God is taking care of this kind of thing. Now, one more statement before I get to the last point. There are sometimes we have problems just because we have problems. <laughs> you got me? You know. So don't, don't get to a situation to start thinking, well, you know, hey, no, no, no. This is the world we're living in. I don't know where you're living. I know where I'm living. This is a world, a very difficult, a very, very problem-written world. And the reason why it's that way is because God has given us a free will to make some choices and some decisions. And with those decisions and choices come consequences. And that's what you're seeing today. Last point. Verse 20. Behold. I stand at the door and knock. Any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in unto him and will sup with him and he with me. A lot of times when I hear that scripture being used, I hear it being applied to, to unsaved. Or if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior and the Lord is knocking at your heart's door and uh, he wants to enter in, I really believe you can apply that in that situation. But that's not what's going on here. This scripture is written to the church, to believers. Now, to me, it's very frightening and sad what I'm saying, seeing here. Because what he's saying here, that he's knocking at people that are supposed to be his. That's kind of, wow. And, and you see that what's going on here is that he, he is, in the, the scripture here, is he's, he's the, the standing at the door as dealing with patience, that he's, he's knocking at the door. He's there knocking and these people are believers and he's knocking at their door they have they they have shut him out of their life he's no longer see he's no longer the lord of their life and, and we'll come back to where that is but 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 he he sits there rather than me you know what to me is so exciting about this you ever get mad at somebody i mean they're getting mad at him i mean they did something stupid or they said something stupid or whatever you know and you just kind of Write them off. I'm glad that Jesus said, write us off. Believe me, y'all have done enough to be written off. 
but so is guy up here too. We've done enough to be written off, but that, that's the, see, where I'm, I'm his son. I've been born again because of the, of the price that he paid on Calvary. He paid the price, you see. So he stands there patiently and lovingly, and, you know, he, he wants to come into our hearts and our lives, and, and he wants to show us the, the right things that we can do, and he stands there very vulnerable. By, by that I mean, you know, have you ever gone, <laughs> you ever gone to someone's house, good friend, and you're knocking on the door, and you know they're there? Don't you? You know what you do? He doesn't do that. He knocks on our heart's door, and he knows we're there. Let me give this to you. Sometimes I think God's greatest power is shown not in what he does, but what he chooses not to do. This is where I think the greatest power is. Where he, where he, where, not what he can do, it's what he chooses not to do. He chooses to knock at your heart's door. And you may say, well, can you drown out that door, that, that knocking? I really believe you can. You know, we get so busy and so involved in our life, and we, get, we, get, we go in all kinds of directions. But every so often, we slow down, and you can hear it. Can you hear it? It's still there. He's not left. He's still knocking at our heart's door. And you've come here this morning, and you know he's shut out. You know you've shut them out of your heart's door. And, and maybe you're afraid of what you think. You know, it's always amazing to me. We're so afraid of what we think God will do in our life and how we've so messed our eyes up on our own. And so maybe this morning God is speaking to you. He's knocking at your heart's door. And maybe you would open that door when it comes to your, to your business life, when it, when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your business, when it, when it comes to your relationship. It, you might have come here this morning and you might not thinking, well, you know, there's really, preacher, I've gone too far. It's too far for me. I can't come back. You don't know what I've done. You know what? I don't. But he does. He does. And he says this. He doesn't stop knocking. It doesn't happen. He's patient. He's loving. So what happens? What will happen? Well, the Bible says this. Again, in verse 20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If, if any man hear my voice, open the door. I will come in to him. In other words, I'll help you make those decisions you're having a hard time making. I will help you when it comes to that relationship you're having a hard time with. I'll help you when it comes to that business situation you're trying to deal with. I, I, will, I will be a part of your life. I, I will help you. I will help you. Let me in. Now, again, he's God. He can simply say, hey, but he's chosen not to do it that way. He's chosen to come to you and say, let me counsel you. Why in the world would we not want God's counsel? I don't get that. So this morning, you got to... Quit lying about how your life is. I'm not what I should be. You need to admit that. You need to realize that God not only will meet your basic need, but your deepest need. You need to understand that God wants to direct you. And he is knocking at your door. And this morning, he's doing that. He, he is knocking at your door. And, and you know, you've heard me say this so many times. You've been here at Sunshine very many times. I don't believe people come by accident. I believe they come on purpose. I believe that God is having a meeting with you this morning. That's why you're here.
He's knocking. He's knocking. It's sad if you've allowed your life to get so busy that you don't hear it anymore. Just because you don't hear it doesn't mean he's not doing it. And so this morning, would you, if you certainly don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, you need to invite him into your life. And the Bible says that after we understand our state as sinners and understand that God loves us, and the Bible says that if we, we confess, ask God to forgive us and cleanse us of our sins, ask him to receive him as our personal Savior, he certainly will come into our life and change our whole life. But this morning, if you have not done that, I challenge you to do that. But I'm sure you're here this morning, there's folks that, that know the Lord as a personal Savior, and it's been a long time. A long time, you've been lukewarm so long that you're starting to think that's the way it is supposed to be. The problem with being lukewarm, not hot, not cold. It's just complacent. And if this world needs anything from us believers, we need to quit being complacent. We are here to make a difference. Are you? Are you? Let's stand for prayer if you would. He's knocking at your heart's door this morning. And I'm persuaded if you, particularly if you're a believer, you know exactly what he's talking. That's the Holy Spirit that's talking to you. And you may be here and there may be, maybe your problems in a relationship or your problems in your business or your personal life, whatever it may be, and you've tried to handle it yourself, but just hasn't, it's not working. You have, you have an opportunity to invite someone in that can make it work. It's your choice. Father, we come to you this morning. We're thankful for the word of God, we're, we're thankful that you took the time to kind of pull back the curtain and let us see how you handle it.